Coaches, welcome to this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. We're excited to share a new sponsor for this season, Watch Game Film. The simple way to watch, exchange, and manage game film. We understand that ease of use is paramount to productivity, so our platform provides you and your team with the right video solution so you can focus on the game you love. Our intuitive player includes instant replay, slow motion, play loop, rewind, and more. Plus, our platform includes video telestration and commenting features, enabling you to convey clear coaching points to your staff and athletes. When it comes to sharing and trading film, our Excel platforms offers many ways to exchange with your friends, conference, or opponents, even if they're using other film management systems. Plus, we make it easy to communicate with your own team with the ability to message user groups, individual teams, or even contacts outside your team. We know the importance of highlight reels for athletes and recruiters. A highlight tool allows athletes and teams to create the ultimate highlight reel and show their talent to the world. So what about costs? Our packages start at just $100 a year or 50 bucks per season for on-screen and in-text. and That includes unlimited film and unlimited users. Our mission is to help coaches and athletes succeed without forcing them to spend limited funds on overpriced software. Ready to get started? Go to watchgamefilm.com. Again, that's watchgamefilm, all one word, .com, to discover how watching and exchanging and managing film can be both simple and affordable. If you're in the need of a sideline replay system, look no further than GameStrat. GameStrat has the fastest sideline replay system on the market and they provide 24-7 customer support. Their systems can be used for multiple sports like football, basketball, and volleyball. Bottom line, making in-game adjustments equals winning more games. Go check out GameStrat on Twitter, at GameStrat, or on the web at www.gametimestrategy.com. We'd also like to mention a new sponsor of the podcast this year, Just Play Solutions. I know most of you know about Just Play and how they can take your game preparation to the next level. From scout cards to player quizzing to installs, Just Play provides coaches with football playbook and game planning tools to prepare faster and engage with today's athletes. Make it a party to check out Just Play this offseason before your league opponents do. Visit www.justplaysolutions.com, sign up for a free do- demo, and let them know we sent you. Welcome to the Mesh Point Podcast. Tonight we've got uh, Coach Grant Chestnut. He's the OC at Kennesaw State. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all? Well, we're we're doing good. We're we're in what? Let's see. Uh, I'm in week almost in finished with week two of quarantine. Uh, not quarantine, but not being in school. Yeah. And, um, you know, and uh, we just canceled school here in Virginia for the rest of the year. Wow. Yeah. So we're sort of trying to figure it all out right now. But uh, like we said earlier, it's been fun to be home with the kids. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, we're all getting adjusted to the new. 
so to speak, you know, and yeah. uh, we're in the same boat here, uh, really excited and enjoying being around my family and, and uh, just enjoying our girls and such and, and, and having those forced family fun nights. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's joking about, but, uh, you know, that part has been great. I miss being around our players. I miss being around our coaching staff, you know, and, uh, you know, that's been obviously very difficult, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that our country will, will come together and, and we'll flatten the curve, you know, yeah. you know, as a, as a father of a, one of my children, one of my children has a type one diabetes. So obviously her immune system yeah. puts her into the high risk category. So, uh, you know, I would just encourage everybody, you know, social distancing, uh, making great decisions as far as, you know, what you need to do as far as leaving the house. Um, because when there's a loved one, uh, you know, which a lot of folks have these situations man, where, where they have loved ones who have compromised immune systems and we just happen to be one of those families. So, uh, appreciate everybody out there who's working to, as they, as, as everyone is saying, you know, flatten the curve. So, yeah, it's a really important, I know what you mean. My dad's the same way and, uh, you know, he's got, di he's diabetic and, and he's got, you know, he gets to have allergy shots uh, every couple of weeks. So I've, we've been all been real mindful about making sure we don't get too, I mean, you know, help him out, you know, not, not that we have it, but we could touch it, you know, and then go over there and do something for them, him and mom and boom, here we are. So uh, that's right. Absolutely. Well, coach, Hey, why don't you kick us off, man? Talk to us about your background and, you know, maybe tell a little bit about where you played and then your coaching journey, how you got to Kennesaw. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm actually uh, from the metro Atlanta area. Um, I guess, jokingly, I'm one of the few people who lives in Atlanta that's actually from Atlanta now. Uh, but I grew up on the east side of town uh, between Tucker, Georgia, and then, uh, like a lot of folks in the late 80s, my mom moved uh, moved us out to Gwinnett County. And uh -huh. I was really fortunate uh, to end up playing at Brookwood High School. Oh, okay. So we had a head coach there, a guy named Dave Hunter. Um, so, and it was an unbelievable head coach to play for. And then my offensive line coach there at, at Brookwood, I named Tom Jones. Both guys uh, would definitely fall in that mentor category for me. And Coach Jones is really one of the main reasons that, that I decided to get into coaching. Um, but after that, I was fortunate enough to, to get an opportunity to play down at Georgia Southern. Um, you know, so I went down there to Southern and uh, – the head coach at the time that I signed was uh, Tim Stowers. Uh, my offensive line coach at that time was a guy named Mike Hodges. And then, uh, of course, uh, going into my junior year, Paul Johnson became the head coach there at Georgia Southern. And, um, you know, we had a lot of success uh, down there, won a lot of football games, um, you know, won some conference championships while I was there. We were 14-1 and one my senior year, the one being the national championship game, unfortunately. I joke all the time that, you know, they got rid of me and won two in a row. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was really an unbelievable experience. I'm very proud to have uh, you know, played at Georgia Southern, um, played uh, for those men. Um, I'm, uh, from there, I actually got into high school coaching. Um, I got my first job at Pickens County High School, which is in the mountains of North Georgia, and uh, was, oddly enough, teaching driver's ed in the mountains out of college so that was quite the experience um but i uh, worked for a great guy there a guy named mark Ladermilk, outstanding football coach and, a, and another guy i would consider a mentor um, and then from there I, I ended up coaching at presbyterian college 
uh, left uh, Pickens after a year and uh, went to work at PC. Um, at that time, Daryl Dickey was the head coach. Coach Dickey had been the offensive coordinator at Georgia Southern or co-offensive coordinator, I guess, as it were, uh, there with Coach Towers. And uh, his defensive coordinator was a guy named Tommy Spangler. And uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys know Tommy, but unbelievable football coach, a guy that I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Uh, coach had uh, recruited me. He was actually the guy that recruited me out of high school. He gave me an opportunity, oddly enough, to coach defensive line. And, uh, and so I coached D-line there at Presbyterian for a couple years. And then uh, I got married prior to going to PC. And, and like a lot of coaches, I, I married way over my head. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we really couldn't find much for my wife to do there in Clinton. <laughs> Um, so, uh, she had an opportunity to, uh, she got in the graduate specialist program down at Florida state. And, uh, so I ended up taking a job at Thomasville high school, uh, working for a guy named Tommy Welsh, another outstanding coach. And, uh, so I went to Thomasville high school, which if you guys are familiar with Georgia football, Thomasville is one of the winningest high school football programs really in the country, yep. not just in, uh, in the state of Georgia, uh, through the history of high school football here. Uh, so I went there for uh, three and a half years um, and uh, actually was, became a co-defensive coordinator there. So I really spent the first half of my coaching career on the defensive side of the ball, uh, just, you know, as things worked out. And uh, from there in Thomasville, I went to Camden County High School. As we were talking earlier about Jeff Heron, had the opportunity to work with Coach Heron and, and uh, what a tremendous opportunity that was. I mentioned to you guys earlier just the, the growth as a human being I had you know, under his leadership and realizing what I really wanted to be all about as far as being a coach and putting the, the young people's lives in a positive way. And from Camden County, I left and went to Mary Persons High School and worked for another legend in the state of Georgia, a guy named Rodney Walker. Coach Walker retired. He retired with 300-plus wins in the state of Georgia, one of the winningest coaches in the state of Georgia. Um, you know, that's when I transitioned back to the offensive side of the ball. Became a strength coach there at Mary Persons, and um, and then uh, eventually became uh, OC and, and had been coaching the O line there. Then I got my first head coaching opportunity at Central High School, uh, which is in Carrollton, Georgia. Uh, became the athletic director, head coach at Central, um, and uh, it was one of those jobs where a lot of people that I really respect told me not to take it. <laughs> um, it was a job where we were taking over a team that was 0-16 at that point. Um, we were incredibly blessed with the, the, the people that we were able to bring in there. Um, the administrative support, you know, through those many years in high school, you know, at first, early on in my career, we were, we were all chasing athletes. You know, we were all chasing, man, where can we go win that, that state championship and who's going to give me the best athletes to do that? But as the years went on, for me, I started looking for administrators, <laughs> people who were going to give you the support to go in and build a program in, in yeah. the right way. And uh, that was the thing about Central, the administrative leadership from the superintendent right down through my principal. They were unbelievable. The community was unbelievable. And, and we were able to get that thing turned around fairly quickly. Um, like I said, we were able to go hire some really great coaches and, and Good Lord had his hand on it. You know, the, the head coach at Mercer now, a guy named Drew Chronic, was actually my OC my first year. Um, he was in between jobs at that time, and it just kind of worked out. He became a dear friend of mine. And, um, you know, and then so many other guys on that staff, when you look at where they're at now, 
Rico Zachary was our defensive coordinator. Rico is now coaching defensive ends at Kennesaw State. Um, Sumner Ellis was a young coach on that staff. He's now a recruiting coordinator at Mercer. Uh, it's really fortunate to have a lot of talented coaches uh, pouring into kids and, and coaching them up at Central. And then from there, from there, I ended up here at Kennesaw State, which was truthfully literally out of left field when Brian called me and, and discussed this opportunity. And, um, you know, I've been here now seven years from day one of building this program, and it has been unbelievable. And I'm just really, really fortunate. I feel incredibly blessed, honestly, to have had this opportunity and, and uh, thankful for the success we've had. Well, that, that's an awesome journey. And, uh, you know, I, I want to kind of hit on one thing. You talked about when you got to Central, you got from – kind of chasing those athletes to trying to find an admin to support you. And I think for the listeners out there, we've all been guilty of that, right? We're trying to find a <laughs> what's the fastest way to end the rainbow, you know what I mean? But but in reality, what you need is the admin support to get you there. You can coach the kids. Don't get me wrong. I mean, look, if you got athletes, that helps, obviously. I'm not naive. But, but when you got the support like that, they can get the coaches in the building, right? And, That's it. and and really get those kids uh, mentored. You see them every day. And to me, that's that's what allows you to win the championship, really, you know. No question about it. It's, you know, it's it's culture. You know what I mean? It's culture versus scheme, all that conversation. It's become really, in you know, in vogue, I guess you could say right now, you know, everybody wants to talk about. But it's always been that way. It's always been about the culture, about building in accountability and love and, and setting a bar uh, and saying, hey, men, you know, we're not going to lower the bar for you. We're going to do everything we can to build you up and give you an opportunity to, to get over that bar. We're going to lift you up as much as we can, but you've got to do your part. And, and when you set those standards, just like we've done here at Kennesaw State under Brian Bohan's leadership, but when you, when you set those standards um, and you surround those kids with the support they need, and that, that's just not the coaches, but that's the community. You know, and, and I would tell you guys as, as awesome as the, you know, as our experience has been here at Kennesaw State, the um, experience there at, at Central High School in Carrollton, Georgia was powerful. Uh, to see a community come together, to see kids literally from day one of being in that school shoulder slump forward when we got in the building um, from a body language standpoint to going into the next fall and seeing young men and, and women, just not just football players, but the entire school, the, the whole atmosphere of the school, that just shows you the impact that, that football <laughs> can have on a school building, but also athletics, because it wasn't just going on central in football. It was it was throughout the athletic department. And again, that goes back to what you guys were you know, referencing is administrative support. Yeah, and, and football kicks off the year, man. Let's face it, right? So. If you can get them rolling in football and get that body language back straight, it, it, it infuses and infects the whole school, whole athletic. I mean, discipline goes down, the whole thing. It, I mean, you know, I, anyway, I could get into another podcast. Oh, I agree with you. That experience <laughs> there at Central, man, it, it could be a case study in exactly what you I, – I, I know. I've been there. Hey, uh, I, you mentioned a couple guys, you know, Coach Aaron, Coach Jones, Coach Bohannon, um, mm -hmm. but – but maybe pick a couple guys that uh, that you've looked at as a mentor that have you've leaned on maybe that you've had to make, you know, when you've got to make a tough decision or you've got to make a family decision, 
you know, who are you calling, who are you talking to, maybe highlight a couple guys and why. Right, right, absolutely. Well, I was very intentional about mentioning those guys' names because it is very hard for me uh, to point out one guy because of all of those people and their impact on me. Um, you know, I think at various times in my life, each of those men have played that role that you're asking me about. You know, early on, I can remember calling Coach Jones a weekend of two-a-days at Georgia Southern saying, man, if I made the right decision, <laughs> you know, and, and then uh, Coach Hodges, you know, my offensive line coach at Georgia Southern to begin with, he's absolutely been a mentor to me through the years, um, you know, and continues to be. Um, and then obviously, you know, when you look at Coach Johnson's tree, you know, on that tree of young coaches, not only did you have Brian Bohan, who was a young coach at Georgia Southern, but you had Jeff Munkin, you had Brent Davis. And, and so all these guys, you know, it, it would just be really hard for me to pick one. There's been different guys through my, the course of my career that I've leaned on, um, you know, but, but one guy that, that definitely has been there throughout is, is Coach Hodges, um, you know, as far as that goes. And then, you know, obviously, as, as Brian and I have developed our relationship, he's definitely a guy we lean on presently. Hey, Coach, uh, I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing on offense out there at uh, Kennesaw State. I know you're relatively uh, a new program. I think you said you've been there seven years. Can you maybe talk a little bit about when you first came in and, and, and how you guys uh, talked about designing your offense, uh, making it an option-based offense, and uh, how you're a little different and unique? Kind yeah, of how you absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, obviously there were really two big components when we when we came in. One, we were we were starting from scratch. Um, we we did not have a football player <laughs> in the program. Um, you know, we just celebrated Coach Bowen just celebrated his seventh year anniversary this week. Um, my seventh year anniversary will be in another couple weeks as far as our start date here, and and we literally had no football players. So. You know, we came in and, and uh, we hit the ground running, obviously, from a recruiting standpoint for, for an entire year and recruited our first class of players. And, and then we uh, headed into our practice year. But during the time that we were, you know, uh, recruiting our first class, you know, we had to kind of talk about, obviously, well, what are we looking for? What's an owl look like? You know, what's a Kennesaw State football player look like, right? Um, you know, so we had that conversation. And then from there, okay, you know, offensively, what can we do that's going to give us the best opportunity to take a group of young men, uh, you know, to large degree, we're going to, we knew we were going to have to go play with young players, right? Uh, you know, redshirt freshmen, freshman type guys in that first year. And, and you knew that it was critically important to, to win. <laughs> to find a way to win some football games because everything we were doing from day one of deciding, hey, what does a Kennesaw State football player look like? Every day we were building, you know, our history. We were developing our culture. I mean, it was, you know, in hindsight, it, we're probably thankful that, you know, Coach Bohannon's vision first and foremost was tremendous. And uh, the method that we, you know, the process that, that we took on a day-in, day-out basis but truthfully, a lot of it was, you know, solid intuition on his part and, and at times, you know, just some good fortune. And, and we were able to build this out. So to, to more directly answer your question, as far as building out the offense, we knew we wanted to be option-based. Um, you know, obviously with, with Coach Bohannon's um, 
you know, being being involved with Coach Johnson for so many years, myself having played there at Georgia Southern for him, uh, we knew we wanted to be option-based, but we also weren't sure exactly what we were going to be able to recruit. So we wanted to be able to, to create flexibility. We wanted a high ceiling wherever we needed to go. And, and to create that high ceiling, we felt like we, we needed to have the ability, obviously, to run run the option under center. No question about it. But, you know, we, we obviously believe in that. It's tried and true. We've all had tremendous success running the option under center. But we wanted to give ourselves the flexibility to grow uh, towards the gun if need be. So when we set out to develop the offensive system, we wanted to be seamless, very flexible between being able to be under center and being able to be in the gun. You know, one, as I said, because of personnel. We, we, we didn't know exactly what we were going to be able to recruit on the front end from a talent standpoint. Uh, and then also, you know, um, from a recruiting standpoint, we wanted to be diverse enough that people wouldn't necessarily be able to pigeonhole us and, and to a certain extent negative recruiters, you know, because we had the ability to, you know, to, uh, to get in the gun and do some things there, you know. Um, so honest, honestly, those were the two reasons, you know, just starting a program from scratch, not exactly sure what the personnel was going to look like. And, and the one thing that we all felt like from a coaching standpoint is, is whatever we do, we want to give our, our personnel the best opportunity at success. And, and to do that, you've got to build around your players to a certain extent. Obviously you have a philosophy, you know what you're going to do, uh, you know, and you're going to be able eventually to recruit to that. Uh, but on the front end, you had to have some flexibility to fit around your personnel and, and uh, give them a chance to be successful. And then, like I said, we wanted to, to be able to grow in whatever direction was best for the program. All right, so like when you meet a young guy in high school, like a young high school coach wanting to get into an option-based offense, um, maybe would you advise them to maybe, you know, uh, pare it down just a little bit. What, what advice would you give to a, a young head coach going into the option for the first year? Well, I tell you what, you know, being under center is where we spend 85, 90% of our time, right? And that's because it's what has worked the best for us. And, and I think um, the uniqueness of being under center, but I would tell you this, guys, the speed of the attack, that is what makes being under center so deadly. People can't practice it. You can't emulate it. You got three or four days max to prepare for it. And so that's why you will, you know, that's why you still see us wholeheartedly committed to being an under center option team. We believe in it. We know that that's the key to our success. We understand the reasons and why we want to be able to be able to get to the gun. And it has helped us. I mean, in 2017, we were 10 of 12 in one minute situations. And that's pretty unheard of for, for a, a, an option based offense. Um, and, and some of those one-minute drives, we were in the gun. But I tell you, we were under center as much as we were in the gun in those scenarios as well. So, you know, to, to kind of segue back to your question, uh, being under center and committing to that, understanding that it is a system as well as a culture offense is the first thing I would say to a young coach who's looking to implement this. That's the beauty of it. And that's why, as a high school coach at Central High School trying to turn a program around, our offense was option-based. Um, you know, that's why Coach Brian Bohannon, uh, with his first head coaching opportunity, building a program from scratch, chose to run the option. Um, you know, it's not only a system, but it's a 
culture. Uh, you know, and you got to understand that um, when you're implementing this offense from a practice standpoint, um, there are certain things. Now, there are a lot of different ways that people in our world go about it. And, and I think just like in everything in football, there are a lot of good ways, great ways to do things. There's not just one way. We have our way of doing it, obviously, that works for us here at Kennesaw State, and we believe in that. But there are multiple ways that you can do this, but you can't get around the fact that it starts with the option. Um, you know, I know defensively, we talked to Brian Newberry, who was one of the guys that started this program with us as defensive coordinator and knew – Newberry and I, Coach Newberry and I are obviously really good friends from our time together. Uh, I'll tell you, he enjoyed only having to, to play 50 to 60 snaps of defense a game when everybody else in the country is, is 80 to 100. You know, so there's, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of things. And, and guys, not to kind of jump around too much, but that's another reason we've, we've been in the gun is because of practice. Relatively speaking, we can give our defense some looks that you can't give if you're solely under center, you know, and for us as a division one FCS college football team, that's been invaluable uh, for our success as a program. Um, you know, again, not that we're doing everything that they see, uh, but, you know, we're able to give them some looks defensively that, that help them be successful. But uh, again, without jumping around too much, I apologize. But, no, you didn't jump around. Matter of fact, that's the best answer in 40 podcasts we've had. And I may just – we may just kick it off with this because, uh, needless to say, I've been into a few discussions of late. That's why we're both smiling. Uh, uh, of under center <laughs> football and being able to service your defense, being able to be in both and working through that. But the, the – well, well, guys, I'll be honest with you. Um, and and I, I think Coach Bohannon would agree with me. I don't want to speak for him, but I can tell you wholeheartedly, our program success – is, is like the second half of our practice, like uh, the last day of spring that we were able to get in. We only got eight days of spring in. Um, day eight, uh, and, and we, I think you guys kind of want me to talk about some practice stuff. I can yeah, get we'll, yeah. on the day eight of spring ball when we went to the team period, not option period, because we don't compromise option period. Right. You know, 20 minutes, whether it's not necessarily all interaction with the defense, but we get 20 minutes of option, and, and there's, that's non-negotiable. But on the back end, the way we choose to do practice is we get team time. Well, we did, uh, we did interaction versus defense that day, and we got in the gun the whole time. It allowed them to work some of their pressures and some of the things that, you know. But it ends up benefiting us, quite honestly. But, you know, the, the impact it has on our defense and just their ability for their kids to line up in their more conventional – offensive package and get those reps, man, it has helped our program. Yeah, that and pace the play under center, man. Um, there you go. Those it's are two things I think are culture. important, you know. We, hey. we, we always joke around, Coach. If you ask a flex bone under center guy, what's he working on in the offseason, they're always going to say, I'm looking at that short pistol. I'm, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> then no say, doubt. It's, it's no yeah, right. And then, you, and then you practice it once and go, ah, nope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, talk a little bit about your, your offensive line. I mean, I think you guys have done some really unique things. I really do. Um, you know, you, you've, you've identified kind of uh, what you want at, at some of your positions, particularly with the tackle spot. And, you know, you're taking, you know, DN basketball type kids and, and, uh, 
and putting them in there at tackle and getting after it. So maybe just talk about some characteristics you're wanting in your guard and tackles and then, uh, you know, maybe just briefly hit on why you, you felt like that particular type of person or kid at tackle really helps. Well, you know, you know, we're always looking for athletic guys at tackle. You know, having, having been a, an offensive tackle in this, in this system, you know, um, you'd like guys with a little bit more length at tackle, obviously, if you can find them. Guys are a little longer, and guys that can obviously bend well, and, and you know that are quick, or in today's lingo, twitchy. You know that they can bend and move, and they have enough suddenness about them to be able, obviously, to work through. You know, all three levels of the defense, be able to get to, to the level two linebacker, and be able, you know, to get to the third level defender as well as from a from an athletic standpoint. Um, but just and this kind of goes back to really. If someone were to, were to ask me, what do I think the key to success in this offense is, whether it's at Kennesaw State or anywhere, is, is speed of the attack, hat speed. Or, and I think finding kids that they can come off the ball with their hair on fire, so to speak, um, has been really important for us. You know? And we prioritize that, uh, you know, just and, and truthfully, um, coming out of last year, the biggest thing that I would have said needs to be improved from an offensive line standpoint at Kennesaw State is hat speed. We didn't scream off the ball like we like our expectation is here at Kennesaw State. Um, you know, this is a fast break offense. Always has been. You know, if you were to put me on the board, I would draw us up and spread, and I would create those scenes and all the gaps and say, hey, man, we want to get downhill in these gaps as quickly as possible. I mean, fast. And everybody on the field – that we recruit, we recruit because we want you to be able to get to do that. We want you to be able to get downhill and play fast, play vertical um, as quickly as possible. So our tackles fall into that mold. We, you know, we want to have guys who are athletic enough to work through all three levels of the defense who can bend and obviously have that quickness or twitch that will allow them to play super fast. You know, inside, it hasn't changed through the years. Uh, you know, we need people movers, <laughs> guys, hopefully that have really loose hips. Fortunately, nowadays, it seems like there's not as many big-bodied guys playing anymore that are athletic um, for whatever reasons. You know, we're running into that a lot from a recruiting standpoint. Um, you know, a lot of the kids, obviously, that we would recruit as a great guard are probably playing tackle, free technique. You know what I mean? Uh, guys are really loose who, who can, again, bend and move. Um, you know, and, and knock people off the ball, you know, bigger body guys, wider hip guys, ideally. You know, when you're looking at a center, you'd really, in a perfect world, like to have a guard who could snap the ball. Because that way, if you get an odd front, you know, that's where you'd like to have your puncher. Um, obviously, sometimes it's hard to find those guys. And we've had a lot of success uh, with guys who are probably more tackles, you know, as far as body types, if you want to do that. You know, maybe a, a guy maybe not as – long, you know, maybe a little shorter guy that, that can help you at center because he can bend. Again, I, I don't think you can compromise a quickness or twitch at center, the ability to snap and step. And, you know, if you're, if you're not going to be able to, to punch those zero noses, you, you better be able to scoop them. <laughs> and yeah. If be able to scoop them, you got to be able to bend and you got to be able to snap and step and, and play fast. Hey, Coach, uh, we wanted to know, uh, do you coach a position group? And then also on game day, are you a, a box guy or are you down on the field? Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm the offensive line coach. Now, 
George Cook, Stuart Cook does a phenomenal job. He works, we work together. He coaches the tackles and tight ends and, um, you know, and we choose and, and Stuart's awesome. He does an incredible job. Uh, we, he and I both have a lot of conversations about this. We choose to meet together. Um, you know, this offense, we were talking earlier about it being a culture offense, um, you know, but particularly up front, you know, you got to have 501 heartbeat. So we feel like it's most advantageous for offensive line to meet together. Uh, I'm responsible, you know, when we break up into indie groups, I'll take the centers and guards, and Coach Cook will take the, the tackles, you know, but, but we do a ton of stuff together, um, again, because the cohesiveness that we feel is required you know, to play offensive line, but and particularly to play offensive line in this system. Stewart does an unbelievable job uh, coaching those guys at tackle. And, but that, that's typically how we do it. Coach Cook coaches the tackles and tight ends, and, and I'll take the centers and guards when we do split up. And then, and then for um, for do you, do you like to call plays from the box or no. like it from the sideline? Yeah, so no, the reason I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to feel like it's a loaded. The reason I ask is because you're the old line coach. You know what I mean? And that's yeah, no. I'm I, always I interested to hear how old line guys want to call the plays. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, no. I'll tell you this, and I don't think that's a loaded question at all. Um, and I'll give you an honest answer. You know, when we first got here, uh, Coach Bohan and Brian suggested that I go up top, and and of course, coming from being a head coach, and the second year there at Central, I was calling plays. And, and I'd just gotten used to calling plays from the sideline. And um, so I was a little bit reluctant because I like being able to talk to the O-line. Yeah. That's the one thing that you lose as far as being an O-line guy and being able to get in front of those guys. But, again, I've got, we've got Coach Cook, who's a phenomenal coach and a phenomenal communicator who's on the sideline. So it's really made it a non-issue at our place. Um, you know, and uh, I would tell you this, guys, I – from a play calling standpoint, I wouldn't go back down to the sideline. There's so much that I can see. And then really the one thing that I think our staff has done a tremendous job of through the years is in-game adjustments. And our ability, my ability to, to make in-game adjustments, see things not just in-game, like at halftime, but I mean in drives, you know, and, and things like that. Um, it would be difficult for me to, to go back down uh, to the sideline. I mean, there's only been really one guy that I've seen that can do that. And that's Paul Johnson, <laughs> you know, right. field and, 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 you know, coach Johnson, obviously is coach Johnson for a reason, you know, but I would, uh, you know, I would tell you that being up top has been incredibly advantageous for me and, and obviously for our offensive unit. Um, plus the feedback I get, we, you know, again, our, our, our offensive, our assistants are, Offensive staff, rather, is tremendous at Kennesaw State. Ken Blanton, who's our running back coach. Um, of course, Stewart, we talked about. O.C. Buchanan's our wideout coach. And then we just hired Chandler Burks, who was, you know, the one of the OG's quarterbacks uh, for us. And uh, he's a legend. They're going to they're gonna put a statue up for him before it's over here. <laughs> he, was, he was our quarterback. So I'm glad to have Chandler back. So we've got a phenomenal staff, and, and our game day success really circles around that. But, I would, um, I would tell you that I like being up top. I really do. From a play calling standpoint, and I have a trusted guy in Coach Cook, assistant in Coach Cook, that does a phenomenal job making in-game adjustments with the O-line. 
Coach, I'm a press box guy too, man. I got to say the hospitality, the spread up there, man, eating chicken wings, and no, I'm just joking. Man, <laughs> man I got to go where you go. We never get food. Coach Buchanan will bring a bag full of candy. He's got a sweet tooth like you've never seen. Honey <laughs> buns, and that's about it, man. We don't get that kind of hospitality where we go, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, we want to shift gears a little bit and talk about practice. Um, I had a couple questions for you. I wanted you to first kind of compare practice from back when you played back in the days at Georgia Southern to how it's evolved to, to now maybe a little bit. And then also, I know you, I got a feeling you're a believer and you got to be physical at practice. And uh, But do you ever have times where you, you, you focus on the rule application part, maybe uh, – not walking through, but maybe you have uh, bags and coaches and stuff like that, kind of how you do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, as far as comparing, you know, Kennesaw State to Georgia Southern, um, we do. We, we have our way of doing it, obviously coming off the Coach Johnson tree, um, and it's worked a lot. <laughs> it's worked very well for all of us through the years. Uh, I'm, I'm learning, uh, quite honestly, now that I have – uh, more availability to some guys that there are a lot of different ways people are, are, are running or practicing this offense. And I'm really intrigued and in, in, in respect and appreciate what they're doing and how they're going about it, you know, and, and, uh, and kind of trying to learn more. But we do feel like you've you got to go out and, and practice at full speed. You know, we were talking earlier about the speed of the attack, hack speed and things like that. And, and in our opinion, there's only one way to do that, and that's to, to do it full speed, you know. And, um, you know, so we do our, our um, as I was mentioning again earlier, uh, you know, we, we'll have our 20 minutes of option period, which is very much like what we did at Georgia Southern um, and what Coach did at Georgia Tech and at the Naval Academy. Uh, and that's non-negotiable. You know, we're going to go take our 20 minutes. And, and uh, you know, now in the season, uh, we're not tackling to the ground or anything, but, you know, we're full speed. Uh, we, we, you know, as far as the ball carriers, we'll thud up and stay up. We do put our quarterbacks in gold jerseys, you know, to, to where we're not tackling our quarterbacks. But for everybody else, you know, it, it is a physical practice. You know, now one of the things, and we were getting talking about this earlier, is, is how we've chosen to build out our offense, you know, incorporating quick game and incorporating some of the gun stuff and some of the drop stuff. The way that Coach Bohan instructs the second half of our practice is to prioritize our ability to do those things proficiently. So the second half of practice is really technically a, a, a pass indie emphasis, whereas the first individual period is, is really more run indie uh, priority. And then, uh, of course, we have our pass scale and that, and that back into practice as well, which is more auxiliary play oriented. Um, but, you know, like I said, guys, our, our first, you know, our 20-minute team block or group block there that, that we run the option is, is very physical. You know, and again, as the season goes and, you know, and, and the demands of the season, the needs of the team change, the, the amount of physicality will change as well. I imagine that's a bit of a tone setter, too, coming out, uh, you know, getting after it the first 20 minutes there. Well, we do, and, and we've learned this. You know, it's, it's again, you know, when I mentioned earlier about building the program and every day uh, being aware that every step you take, everything you do is, is going to create the culture, create the expectation, um, you know, of the program. So, you know, this is what we did from day one. We came out, you know, that we're always going to come out. You know, for us, there's always going to be a, 
you know, period one offensively uh, is going to be some form of, of um, an effort in timing drill, whether it be team takeoff, you know, and, and the way we structure team takeoff has kind of become unique to us. It's really a lot like a defensive pursuit drill <laughs> in a lot of ways. And, and then we incorporate, uh, you know, we're not just running the triple in that. We'll, we'll run the toss or the jet sweep and things like that to help us work on our timing. You know, but these are you – know, we, we come out, as you said, man, we come out firing. You know, we, we knock out our whatever prescribed amount of uh, indie periods that day, anywhere from four to six, depending on the time of the year. Uh, and then we segue right into our option time from that point on. And typically it's about 20 minutes of option. Um, you know, and then, again, we'll, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll go into our second half of pass indie. Uh, and then from there, segue into our team stuff. Hey, Coach, quick question. I, you know, Tony and I, we've kind of been, you know, obviously studying and looking sure. and looking at trends. And, I mean, you know, we're into it, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But, right. but um, you know, I, I think you guys might be a little different, but I'm going to ask this question anyway. Um, the trend's kind of gotten away from maybe inside – reading it you know what I mean um, a little bit and uh, so I always like to ask uh, you guys do, do you kind of feel like that's going to kind of come back around a little bit and, uh, and maybe be more prevalent with with uh, and, and again I, I think you guys do a, a good job of making that part of your fundamental philosophy but other option teams around you know, you know around the country aren't necessarily that way so I just was curious what you thought about that and um, and kind of see if you think it's going to kind of come back around. Well, you know, I can't speak for other folks. I, I, I mentioned this earlier that I, I think uh, option, you know, in and of itself, option football is cycling back around right now. Yeah. Uh, just the number of people that we've had communicate or contact us or want to come or come visit with us, um, you know, in my opinion, it, it's cycling back around where people are, recognizing once again the advantages that the offense can give you. And, um, and again, really, from a culture standpoint, I know I keep going back to this, but man, when you're trying to, to build a culture where, where kids are willing to give them themselves or something that's bigger than themselves, uh, it's a great offense to do that. And, and um, the challenges that we all face nowadays, you know, and uh, getting kids to buy in and, and you know, be team-oriented. But – that all being said, we're committed to running the triple. Right. Yeah. Obviously, there are certain fronts. Uh, by triple, I mean inside beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there are certain fronts, obviously, that it's more advantageous to run that play to. to. Um, but, again, it, it's the, the centerpiece of the offense. Everything for us builds off that. Um, you know, we're going to continue to try our best to get really good at running that play. And some years have been a little bit better than others. Um, you know, again, it goes back to, you know, the speed of the attack and being downhill and, hey, it's a fast break offense. You know, we want to get we want to get two on ones and three on twos and, and play option football. And it starts with the inside. You know, I know Coach Bohannon feels the same way I do about that. And, and one of the things that, that we prioritize and, and have prioritized and talked about a lot through the years particularly the last couple of years, is how can we maximize, you know, our number of option inside beer reps in practice so that we can get proficient at the reads. 
yeah. and all that goes, all the intricacy that goes with yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm hoping that, um, you know, with you guys maintaining that commitment and some, you know, a few of the guys, I'm hoping that, you know, we get to see everybody get back to, you know, reading a little bit, getting off the ball and having some fun. So. Well, it's a thing of beauty. It is. It's fun to watch. Hey, uh, you know, there's, again, in the circles we kind of travel in, uh, Tony and I, with option chats and people asking questions, you know, there's sometimes it seems to be a debate debate between, you know, whether you run rocket toss or run jet or have both. Um, You know, I like both personally, but – just thought we'd just throw out there what you thought on it, and uh, no, we don't need to get into details of the play. Just you know, just your. No, um, well, we added the um, the jet sweep because it was so complimentary to the toss. That was really our thinking, you know, and, and I, my opinion, our opinion, my opinion is, uh, you know, to run both that that they really feed off one another. Because uh, if people are taking one away, then they're giving up the other. And that was the whole point of us installing the jet uh, was because early on, and again, the evolution of building this program and building Atlas offense is in 2015, year one, uh, we weren't very good at running any form of option. We joke all the time, it was grab the ball and run. You know, one of the plays that, that we could run was the toss. And I uh, had a lot of success with that because we had a – you know, some skilled players who could really want, who could really run rather with the ball. One in particular, a guy named Chaston Bennett from Texas. And Chaston was really special and he made the toss look really good. But as you, as you headed into 2016 and into 2017, uh, defenses did a, a really good job of defending that play. Uh, and, and, and to a large degree, taking the play away from us. So we kept looking for other, you know, opportunities to, you know, to get the ball outside without just running a triple or, or what have you. Um, so, you know, having some experience uh, going back to, again, my days at Camden County with Jeff Heron running the wing tee and some things like that, uh, I knew what a good play that Jeff Sweep could be for you. And uh, so we saw an opportunity and, and really installed the play. Uh, I believe it was week 10. <laughs> um, you know, and, uh, and it's kind of grown from there, you know. And I really think it's most advantageous if you run both. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I agree wholeheartedly. We get that question a lot, too, with young guys, you know, first starting out, too, they want to know, hey, which, you know, which one? Which one do we go with, you know? But, heck, it's a predetermined uh, uh, handoff a way to get your slot the ball, too, you know, without having to pitch it to them necessarily. And, uh, and, and you know, for us, yep. we've been very fortunate to have a lot of talented slots and, you know, finding ways to get the ball in our hand. Uh, you know, like you're saying, direct handoff wise, it's, it's really helped our team, you know, really helped our offense. Well, hey, Coach, uh, I got to hear you talk in Dallas last year and you presented a, 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 the dash concept. And um, I remember you talked about how it was a route concept that had a, both a quick game component and a sprint out component into it. You also mentioned how versatile it was across formations and motion. It's super easy to teach the quarterback uh, the progression and read. Can you maybe just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So um, 
it is super easy for the quarterback to learn the read. But I would tell you this, if you want to run the dash concept, it is the triple option version of the pass. It requires commitment. Um, and we love it. And the reason we love it is it's who we are. We're an option football team. And all this is is an option play. So I, I think going in, if you're looking for a quick fix, quick game package, and this isn't it. <laughs> if you're looking for a package uh, that, that you're willing to put the time into, you know, willing, it's expensive. You know, if you're willing to devote the time to it, and the dividend is absolutely worth it. You know, again, I would tell you those early years, it was the dash and the toss that kept the chains moving for Kennesaw State. There's no question about it, you know. And, and I think that um, you know, when you look at it, uh, again, it's a triple option play. You've got a quick game take that you, you pre-snap read, uh, and then you're sprinting out. Um, but you're not sprinting out to two-man game. You're sprinting out to three, you know. And, and so – when you start counting up the number of options and, you know, if the flat defender drops, man, the quarterback's running in grass. And in our offense, usually you want that guy. It's a good thing to have the quarterback running the football, you know. So, uh, for us, it has been incredibly um, impactful. You know, it's been, it's been worth our time. But, I, I, again, it is an expensive concept, you know. Um, you know, from, from a quarterback standpoint, it's a pre-snap, pre-access. You know, if, if the corner is – depth of the route plus a yard, whatever quick game you want to work over there, whether it be a hitch or slam or speed out or, or whatever you, you're looking at there, um, you know, and then obviously, you know, from there he would work towards his, his sprint outside and, and work high to low. You know, we go high mid, high mid, uh, low, flat rather. And uh, I think the thing that we've really enjoyed from a creative standpoint is being able to get in multiple formations and even if you know to make it all um, worth your time you know even if you're just running a, a midline insert concept or a dive or you know when you when you can get into a formation and, and run the triple you know in, in other words build out a package yeah that mirrors your spread and your flex and, and all those things you know I think that's really where we've enjoyed the concept and been able to build it out. So when we talk about multiple formations, we're not just talking about getting in a particular formation to run dash. It's a part of the package for that formation, ideally. Now, sometimes in, in certain games, we identify, you know, a particular formation that, you know, maybe dash is the reason we're going to do it. But, um, but anyways, it, it's been a really – Really good concept for us. It's, it's paid, you know, high dividends for us, but it's also been expensive. Well, Coach, uh, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to get you this last question. We really appreciate your time tonight. Um, it's awesome to get to talk to you and listen to you. And, uh, and I, I just really wanted to talk to you to finish this up about, you know, about your – your mantra, your your acronym of EAT, right? Effort, attitude, and toughness, right? Yeah. Talk about that. Talk about what that's meant for your program, uh, why you have it on your helmet here in the front and everywhere, all that. You know, talk yeah. about all of that. Well, you know, this goes back to, you know, Coach Bowman and his passion. Uh, you know, if you guys have ever heard him talk or been around him, man, he's an incredibly passionate individual. Um, you know, and, and the story about how that acronym came about is uh, it's really pretty cool. 
So we, our very first student assistant was a, a guy named Danny Payne. Now, Coach Payne is actually working in recruiting for Army now. He's up at West Point with those guys and doing a phenomenal job up there. But he was actually a Kennesaw State alumni who had gone in. You know, he was an older guy when he came to us. He was in his mid to late 20s when he – this is seven years ago when we got started, so mid-20s, I believe. So uh, Danny quit a, a paying job and took an unpaid student assistant job with us. So we were sitting at one of our very first staff meetings there um, with Coach Bo, and, and we were talking about, you know, what are we, you know, what's important to us? What, again, you know, we talked about what does a Kennesaw State football player look like? You know, what's what's going to be, you know, our core values for Kennesaw State football? Everybody was throwing words out, you know, toughness and attitude, great effort, and, and a myriad of other words that, you know, we really wanted to hang our hat on. And Coach Bohan really gravitated towards toughness and attitude and heat. And Danny said, hey, Coach, you know, if you arrange those words with effort, attitude, and toughness, it spells eat. And eat was born, you know, and it really epitomizes, um, it really epitomizes who we are. You know, we want to attack everything we do with, it's on the field, off the field, classroom, you know, with great effort and a great attitude and great toughness. And, and then, you know, when you, when you look at life that way, just like this crisis we're going through right now, if everybody will attack, flatten the curve with great effort and have a positive attitude, even though it's pretty stressful and it's a crisis, no doubt about it, uh, it's a difficult circumstance. But if we'll all attack this difficult circumstance with a great attitude, uh, and then obviously great toughness, then we're going to, we're going to overcome this as a country, you know, and, um, you know, so again, hanging your hat on effort, attitude, and toughness as a football program, I know for Brock, for Coach Bohan and was, was, was right, right up his alley. It was exactly what, you know, I'm sure uh, his vision was for Kennesaw State football. And, and he's an unbelievable leader and done a tremendous job, um, you know, of, of building this program. And it goes back to effort, attitude, and toughness, man. We got to have our eat, you know. And uh, it's on the front of our helmet. Yeah. You know, uh, one of the, I'll tell you one last story about eat, and it's one of my favorite. So we had an offensive lineman from. He actually played at Hoover over in Alabama, a guy named Eldridge. And uh, and we were playing. Actually, a, it was a conference championship game. I won't mention the opponent that year, but we were playing a conference championship game, and and. Uh, Nick came off the ball and base blocked the D-line kid in front of him, and, and they were getting up after the play, and, and the kid, for whatever reason, said, what, what's eat mean? And, and Nick looked at him and said, I'll be right back, and I'll show you. <laughs> it was awesome. You know, from an O-line coach standpoint, it, it, it brought a tear to my eye. Yeah. But uh, it really does epitomize, um, you know, everything we're trying to accomplish here at Kennesaw State. We want resilient young men who are driven to be their absolute best. If they have, you know, if they'll bring a great, a great effort every day and bring a great attitude every day and be tough as nails, and good things are going to happen and continue. Now, knock a guy down, right? That's it. Now, I've seen you guys even use that in, in regards to academics. I've seen it on social media, okay. you know, academic guys, eaters. When, when I tell you it encompasses everything we are, it is. Now, I mean, uh, you know, we, we have win the day up around the building as well. But and, and when coach talks about winning the day, it's win the day on the field, off the field, and in the classroom. But in order to win the day, you gotta have great heat in all those areas as well. You know, we want our kids to, to not only be great football players and great students, we want them to be great men, 
want to become great leaders in their communities. And because of the support that we have with that program, we can do all those things. And, and most importantly, obviously, with the leadership of Brian Bowie, we're able to do all those things and, and coach ball passionately, pour into kids passionately, and, and uh, eat is, is, is the way we go about it. I, I just love it. I wanted you to go over it. I just love it. I love the story behind. I love the whole part. And and I know Coach Bo's intense, so that, that I get it, right? But, yeah, he's awesome. He's yeah, awesome. Yeah, but, Guys, I know I get carried away talking about Kennesaw State, and I've probably been all over the place with you tonight, and hopefully you can edit it like you need to. But <laughs> tell you what, man, it has uh, been a pleasure to talk to you guys. As you can tell, I, I'm, I'm hungry to talk some ball. <laughs> Um, and I've really enjoyed this conversation tonight. And, and uh, you know, feel free to, to reach out to me anytime. You know, and, uh, no, it, it was awesome. What we we wouldn't edit anything, Coach. It it, it was it was great, and uh, we really appreciate it. And good talk with you. And you know, wish your family the best. And uh, like I said, hopefully, you know, maybe we can get this thing licked and uh, get back out of here soon. So. No doubt, no doubt. And, and same to you guys. Uh, I pray that your families would all be healthy and happy in this time and enjoy that quality time that we're all getting. And, and uh, hopefully we'll get this thing knocked out and, and be able to carry on here really soon. That's going to wrap this episode of the Mesh Point Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. You can download or listen to our podcast at Apple iTunes, Spotify, or, Google, or the Google Podcast app. You can go on and rate us if you think we're any good and leave us some comments that you might think uh, you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Again, I'm Matt McLeod. You can reach me on Twitter at RunTheTriple. Again, that's at RunTheTriple. Our MeshPoint podcast uh, has its own Twitter page, and that is at the Mesh Point. Again, at the Mesh Point. You can also find me on FlexBoneNation.com. I have an option blog there and write articles and have plays uh, that can help you out, particularly during the season. All right, Tony, I want you to let the listeners know how they can get you on social media. All right, guys, go to 3Face Football on Twitter, at 3Face Football, and uh, you'll, you'll be able to follow my account. And um, the cool thing about it is, is every Monday we do something called Mesh Point Monday, and basically I'll post out four questions concerning a triple option topic. And it's a great opportunity for coaches all around uh, the country and uh, to, to get together and network and and uh, get to know each other and, you know, we'll talk about some kind of triple option topic. So catch, uh, catch that every Monday, 8 o'clock Eastern. And uh, what you want to do is search the hashtag MeshPoint to see everybody's responses uh, to, to the four questions. Uh, like I said, great, great way to uh, build our networks and, and, and learn some things. It's like an ongoing webinar on Twitter. So it's real cool. Also, check out the website, threefacefootball.net. Uh, we've got some cool gear. Like Fear the Veer, you'll see in the background here. Uh, Fear the Veer stuff, uh, mesh point gear, and, and other things like that. So uh, go check out that website as well.